0: Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake, you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Welcome to the Bridge. We are glad you're here with us this morning. My name is Riley. I'm our youth pastor here, and I have the privilege and the honor of sharing this morning. and. As, as a lot of you might know, I just got back from a missions trip. I was in the country of Nigeria for five or six days, um, and it was, it was a super cool trip because I was there checking out what our students have been giving towards for the last few years, right? Our students give to something called Speed the Light year after year, and Speed the Light partners with different organizations to, to at the end of the day, spread the name of Jesus around the world. And they do that right now through two primary partnerships. One is fighting human trafficking, and the other one is, is through digging water wells in Africa. And I got to go to Africa and, and just see some of the projects that, that our students have been giving towards. And, and this morning, I'm going to be sharing a few stories. Uh, I'll be just sharing a few thoughts from the trip and, and just kind of challenging us as a church to, to get behind what our students are doing. So it might feel a little different this morning, but that is the goal. But I want to ask you a question. What would it look like for your faith to mean something? What would it look like for your faith to mean everything? And I'll start with this. Last time, last time I preached to adults, I was in Nigeria, and all week I, I was there with some other youth pastors and there with my the district youth director and you know we we went on this trip kind of as as a little bit of a break as a little bit of time to just like get away from the normal day-to-day pastoral responsibilities and and everywhere we went we would be asked to encourage the people with a, a quick message or a quick like devotion or a quick thought and we we'd go somewhere and and hear some stories from people and then they'd stand up and be like, who wants to encourage them? And the youth director would just kind of look down. Oh, you want to do it? And just like he would call on one of us. And then we found out we were going to a prison. And someone was going to have to preach in this prison. And the the youth director, he goes, who wants to preach? And no one was chomping out the bit to do it and he, he kind of looks down at at the group of us and looks the other way he's like Riley you want to preach I was like well I can't say no to you so yeah I'll preach so last time I preached to adults it was in a pr- Nigeria, whoa, it was in a prison in Nigeria and let me tell you they were fired up to see me they probably don't see too many white people coming into their prison uh, so I want you guys to be a little excited this morning. Bring a little energy. That's okay. Sound good? Yeah, yeah come on. Come on. But every time I go on a mission trip, I'm, I'm reminded of a few things. One of those things, every single time, no matter where I go, is that in most other places around the world, it costs people something to follow Jesus. It'll cost people family members. It'll cost people a job. It'll cost people whatever it might be, but it it costs something to follow Jesus. And then I I come back home and I'm reminded, does it it cost us anything? Does it really change our life? Does our life really look different than our neighbors who maybe doesn't follow Jesus? Right, because overseas, Man, if you follow Jesus, that means everything to you. Does it mean everything for you? What would it look like for your faith to mean everything? You know, and this morning, I'm going to share about Nigeria, but I'm also going to continue this series we're in called AKA. Right? We're talking some of the names of God. And this morning, we are going to be reading from Genesis chapter 22. Come on, that was lame, that was lame. Guys, we we get excited about the word of God here. Come on, we're going to try it again. This morning, we are going to read from Genesis chapter 22. There we go, there we go. Verse 1 says this, sometime later, God tested Abraham. We'll stop there, didn't make it very far. But sometime later, God tested Abraham. Does anyone feel like they're going through a test right now in life? Where they're like, man, I was not expecting to be walking through this. I was not expecting, man, to, to be facing the struggles and the trials I'm facing right now. But sometimes the truth is we go through tests in life. And in, in Nigeria, there was one day we went to this, this ministry training center. And the cool thing about this training center was it was, it was for a specific type of person and this training center was for muslim converts people who had converted to christianity and the cool thing about this place was these these kids were safe because we we went to this place and and they yeah there's a picture behind me we we actually drilled a water well there and were able to give them clean water but this place is is training these new christians to live out their faith. And as we were there, we we heard some stories from some of these boys. When I say boys, I, I mean boys. Some were 15. The oldest, I think, it was 23. And each and every one of them were there because they had to flee their family. They had to flee from their community. Some of them, their parents beat them. Some of them, as soon as, as, soon as people found out they were Christians, they, they began getting death threats. And each one of these boys, as soon as they gave their heart to Jesus, they knew, man, this costs me everything. This is going to cost me my life if I don't leave. So all of these boys fled their situations, wound up at this ministry training center. And it was, it was humbling as, as, as I got to hear the stories of, of these boys. And afterwards, they're like, who wants to encourage them? The Youth director looks down, call on someone else, and I was like, "Oh, thank the Lord, what would I say? What would I say what what am i What have I walked through in life compared to them? But these boys are going through a test, and the cool thing is all of these boys had so much joy, so much so much passion for Jesus because they know. That the joy that's going to come is so much greater than anything they've ever been able to walk through in their life. right? They're, the joy that, that they experience because of God is greater than any situation in their life. And First Peter 4, verse 12 and 13 says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Right, this is these are verses these boys are living by. Right, they're walking through trials, but they know that when God's glory is revealed, man, the joy they're gonna experience is amazing. And in a little bit, I I'll play a video that talks about one of these boys, and talks about what what God is calling him to, and and just the joy, man, that he's he's going to experience in his life is, is super exciting. We're back to Genesis 22. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, "Abraham, here I am." He replied. Then God said, "Take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you." Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took him He took with him two of his servants And his son Isaac, when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servant, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. And this story is crazy. Abraham has one son. Abraham serves the Lord. And God says, I need you to sacrifice your boy and Abraham says okay God if that's your will if that's what you want for my life that's what I'll do how many of us would ever do something like that how many of us would, would trust God when he asks us to do something big and I, I love what Abraham says here he, he says to his servants, "Stay here, we will worship, and then we will come back to you, because Abraham knows, man, that he can trust God, he knows that that God will provide. Verse six, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them went on together. Isaac spoke up and said to his father said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The wood and the fire are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place that God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and had him on the altar. And had him laid on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God. Because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. This morning, we're we're talking about a name of God, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. And if you were here last week, maybe maybe you hadn't heard Jehovah Nisi. I'm guessing more of you have probably heard Jehovah-Jireh. And Jehovah-Jireh means the Lord provides. Just like in this situation where Abraham is is supposed to sacrifice his son. The Lord provides. The Lord provided a ram. The Lord provides in every situation in our life. And I just have a few, few quick thoughts this morning with that. The first one is this. We can trust God to provide everything that we need to accomplish his plans and his desires for our lives, right? God will give us everything we need to accomplish his plans. How many of you are in the exact situation you thought you were going to be in when you were like 15 years old? Probably none of us, right? We have one in the front because you're 16. But I think we all know God's plans look different than our own plans, right? God's plans look different than our own and God gives us what we need for his plans. There was a girl that I I had the privilege of sitting across from in Nigeria and her, her name was Naomi, Naomi, she her story is insane. She grew up in a Christian house. She grew up day after day as a kid being fearful for her life. And her plan was to be married. Her plan was to have a family, have kids. And everything seemed to be going as planned. Right? She, she got married. She had kids. They grew up. They moved out of the house. And last August, everything changed for Naomi. There was one night, it's just her, her and her husband at her at her house, and she began hearing some chaos going on around her, some chaos in in the homes around her, and she quickly realized that there were some terrorists that had come into her village and began killing Christians. And she knew, this might be my night. This might be the time where my life ends. Sure enough, a few moments later, these terrorists busted into her house, shot her husband, killed him right in front of her. They shot Naomi three times. Those three shots didn't kill her. So a, a different terrorist came in and took a machete, hit her right across the forehead, cut her wide open. Now she's bleeding from her head. Right? She was shot three times, but she's not dead yet. And the terrorists, they leave. They're like, she's good as dead. We don't have to do it anymore. They went to other houses, killed a few more people came back a little while later. They saw that Naomi had climbed into, into her bathroom and tried washing some of the wounds out. And they saw her, and they still decided she's good as dead. But just in case, they barricaded her doors, set her house on fire. And Naomi, being shot three times, getting a machete to the head, now her house is on fire. She had to make a decision. Was she going to fight for her life? Or is she going to do what probably most of us would have done and and said, God, I'm coming to you. Naomi decided she was going to fight through. And she began crawling through the fire in her house. She, She was able to push the barricade away from her doors and, and crawl through more fire. And she was so severely burned that she passed out. Next thing she knew, she woke up in this little makeshift hospital. And for the last four months, three, four times a week, she goes to a burn clinic. She's still treated for these burns. And everywhere she goes, People look at her and they're probably thinking, what did she do? What's her story? But Naomi has made a decision. One, that God is still faithful. God is still good. And that even though this isn't her plan, this is part of God's plan. It's part of his will for her life. And, and God has now provided her so many opportunities to speak with people. Or to advocate for people just like her, for other Christians in in the country of Nigeria, in, in the state that she lives, she's now speaking out against some of these terrorists, knowing that her life might end at any moment, but she's saying it's not my plan anymore I'm living for god's plan, but in God's plan is different than our own. but what if we started embracing? What if each one of us started embracing what God's provided in our life? All these different doors that God has opened. What if we embraced God's plan for our life? 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God gives you everything you need, for his plans and his good works in and through you, right? We can trust that God's going to provide everything we need for his plans. Jehovah Jireh. Second thought is this. Everything we have has been provided by God, right? Everything we have, God's given us. And I want to ask you this morning, what are you doing with what God has provided? What are you doing with what God's given you? Right, I'm not, not just talking money. I'm talking your talents. I'm talking your time, your treasures, right, your blessings. What are you doing with what God has, has given you? What are you doing with what God has provided? And I also want to ask this. Are you giving God your best? Are you giving other people your best? Right? What are you doing? with what God has provided. I want to tell you real quick, what what our students at this church have done with what God has provided them. Last year, like like I said at the beginning, we we give to an organization called Speed the Light. And at the end of the day, Speed the Light exists to share the gospel all around the world. And students in this church last year gave $32,000 that people around the world could come to know Jesus. right? That's amazing. A small church in now-then Minnesota, $32,000. This Wednesday, we have something called our Big Give Night. The Sundays of God churches all across the state are, are doing this same thing, and, and we're all taking one big offering for Speed the Light, knowing that in one night we could change the world. Last year on our Big Give Night, our students gave twenty-two thousand dollars in one night that's amazing it's unbelievable and our students have nothing our students have hardly anything but they sacrifice right they they'll take these odds and ends jobs they they'll move sheetrock at someone's house they, they'll rake some some leaves they'll babysit they'll dog sit why so that they can give so that people can come to know Jesus. And it's amazing. It it inspires me as their pastor to do more. And I hope it inspires you as a church to do something about it too. Right? Because these are students that don't have anything. And they've provided, Gavin, you can start throwing some of those pictures up. They've provided these wells in Africa from Tanzania to Nigeria man, these wells that give people clean water for the first time in their life. It's amazing. While we were in Nigeria, there was one person on our team. His name was David. And David, he works for an organization called WorldServe. And WorldServe is who Speed the Light partners with to drill these wells. And David's kind of high up, and he does a lot of stuff on the ground over in Africa. So he met us there to to kind of be with us and guide us throughout the week as we checked out some of these water well projects. And it was so so cool as David began sharing stories of of how they've been able to raise a lot of money to drill these wells. The cool thing about WorldServe is there are a number of NHL players who are on board. There are a number of NBA players who are on board with what WorldServe is doing. And he began telling us why they're on board. And it's amazing. His pitch to these these big-time athletes, to these rich lawyers, people who he has meetings with, usually starts with something like this. He'll say, last year, students in Minnesota gave $2.6 million so that people could come to know Jesus. Out of that 2.6, 1.3, 1.4, whatever it is, came to world service that we could drill wells. Across the country, $4.25 million from students was given to world service that they could drill wells across Africa. And every single time when he, he tells these pro athletes, when he tells these people with a lot of money, when he tells them that students with no, no means of getting any money are giving unbelievable amounts of numbers time after time. The response is always, if students can do that with nothing, and I have millions of dollars, man, I want to be a part of this too. And it's insane as as David would would tell me, some of these NBA players that I watch on TV that are amazing, these seven-foot dudes who, who are some of the best athletes in the world, are being inspired by our students. They're being inspired by what our students are doing. And it's crazy what our students are doing. Like I said, speed of light, the money goes towards two main things, anti-human trafficking and water wells. Did you know that That 3.4 million people every year die from unclean water. 3.4 million. Every year, diseases from unclean water kills more people than all forms of violence. 750 million people in the world lack access to clean water. That's almost 10% of the world. One of the thoughts that, that I kept having in Nigeria was, it's 2023. It's 2023, and 750 million people don't have clean water? How is that possible? It's 2023, and people are dying for their faith every single day. How is that possible? Want well, I know the stat that, that blows my mind more than anything else? It's 2023, and 42% of the world has never heard the name of Jesus. Forty-two percent of the world. At the end of the day, that's why Speed the Light exists because we want people across this world to hear the name of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus calls us in the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations. Right? And practically, we can't we can't be in Nigeria every week. We can't be in all these places across the world every week. But what we can do is give to so that people on the ground can be a missionary. We can give so that wells can be drilled, that partner with churches, that people can know Jesus. 42% of the world doesn't know Jesus. One of the cool things about the, the trip to Nigeria was there was a, a guy with us on our team who, who makes some pretty cool videos. And I could be up here for hours sharing stories and and inspiring you. Maybe not, but instead, Gavin, hit this video. Hey, Minnesota students, man, it, in Nigeria for the first time. Uh, looking at some of their projects. What you're doing to change the, the course of history here in Nigeria is incredible. Some of the places we've gone, it would, it would blow your mind some of the stories we heard. We sat this morning with 12 women who their husbands had been killed for their faith. They said there was over 400 women that have been widowed just because their husband had killed for being Christians. You, they killed her husband, four of her children. Of all her children, I think there's only one that is surviving. All the others were killed. Within minutes. into for other people to know and hear the faithfulness of who you are We've been in places where and visited with people that are, are literally fighting for their lives just for their just because of their faith. And what's crazy about that is not that they're just fighting for their faith, but they're living it out and going back and reaching the very people who who've, who've tried to harm their families or who have brought harm to their families. His name is Asim Ani. After here, he also wants to be a missionary, especially to the Fulani. and his parents also. So he has that deep desire also to reach out. It is in some of the toughest places in Nigeria where we're bringing water. Thank you so much for what you're doing. This local church, the attendance, has been between 60 70. But immediately this project commenced, The population of the church now have gotten up to 150. This thing is the talk of the day in the whole of this community. It's been amazing seeing what Speed The Light is doing in this country and how God is working through each one of you guys back in St. Francis. Guys, right behind me is a water well. And just seeing the, the impact it has in the whole community from bringing people together to letting people see the love of Jesus is, is something amazing to see. And God is doing something super, super cool in Nigeria but there's still more work to be done. We were at one place where, where they were actively digging a well, and that well, they were telling me, would reach about 12 to 13,000 people. And in that area, there were about 50,000 people. Man, we need to keep pushing. We need to keep doing whatever we can to raise money so that people can have clean water and then can meet Jesus. That changes their life forever. Keep pushing. Let's do this thing together. The, the job's not finished, right? Because Jesus' heart breaks for those who are hurting. His heart breaks for those who are broken, those who are lost. There are people in our our community. There are people in your neighborhoods that are hurting. right? There are people in your neighborhoods that are broken. There are people that are lost. Jesus' heart breaks for them. And we get to do something about it. We get to be the the light of Jesus wherever we go. One of the things I, I pray for almost every single day is, is Jesus, break my heart for what breaks yours. And my prayer is that our students begin to develop a heart like Jesus. It's been so cool over the last 14 months that I've been here, to see our students grow and to see them develop a heart like Jesus has, a heart for hurting people, lost people, broken people, and our students are doing something about it. And I want to challenge us as a church to pray that prayer, to say, Jesus Break my heart for what breaks yours. And if you say that prayer, man, you're going to start seeing people differently. You're going to see life differently. And there are opportunities I miss every single day with hurting people around me. But my prayer is that day after day, that changes. Man, what are you doing with what God has provided you? Because God has provided you everything you need for his plans in your life. A few practical things I, I want to invite you guys to be a part of here at the bridge is, is one, like I said, our students this Wednesday are giving on our big give night. And I, I've thrown out, a goal for our students. I've thrown out a number that's that's crazy. Like I said, last year we gave $22,000 in one night. This year, I've challenged our students, man, what would happen if we gave $30,000 in one night? That'd be pretty incredible. So practically, I, I want to invite you guys to be a part of that goal. And if anyone wants to, to give this morning towards our Speed the Light goal so that we can continue drilling water wells in Africa that partner with churches. I want you to be a part of that. The second thing I want to invite you to be a part of is is come on Wednesday night. Wednesday nights are insane. There's so much energy. There's absolute chaos. But what God does each and every Wednesday night is pretty cool. And this Wednesday is going to be no different. This Wednesday is going to be insane. As I'm believing our students are going to give in a way that's going to change the world. I'd invite you to be a part of it. I'll have it set up in here like a, a normal youth night, but I'll have extra chairs in the back. And if you've ever wondered what a Wednesday night looks like, what a youth service looks like, come check it out. It's, it's, it's going to be pretty exciting. It's going to be pretty cool. So one, partner with our students towards this goal Two partner with our students and show up on Wednesday night. But the third thing is, I just want to invite and challenge each one of us to use what God has given us to share the gospel. Right? Because at the end of the day, all of us are called in the same way, right? I'm a pastor. There are people in this room who are teachers. There are people in this room who are retired. But at the end of the day, all of us have the same calling. And that's to go make disciples like Jesus has called us to. And I want to challenge this church to take that serious and say, God, you've given me these gifts. You've given me these talents. You've you've blessed me financially. And, God, I'm going to use what you've given me so that people across the world can know Jesus, so that people in my neighborhood can know Jesus. Because forty two percent of the world's never heard the name of Jesus. And I'm believing that our students, this next generation, are gonna be a a generation that changes that number, that brings that down. Man, wherever I go with students, with other youth groups and, and other churches, I'm so encouraged by the faith that, that students show. The next generation is passionate about people coming to know Jesus? Will you join them? Will you join them with what God's given you? So three practical steps or practical things you can do this morning. One, you can give speed the light. Two, you can come on Wednesday night. And three, man, we can just start living on mission, living out what God has called each one of us to do. And I'm super excited, super excited for what God is doing this This has nothing nothing to do with with what I talked about this morning, but I just feel like feel I'm supposed to share this. Every single person in their faith has a next step. Every single one of us has a next step. Right, for some of us, it might look like it might look like opening our Bible and reading our Bible. Right. Some of us, maybe we do that every day. Maybe our next step is committing to prayer more. Maybe our next step is is fasting once a week. Maybe our next step is is jumping in and, and start serving at this church. But everyone has a next step. The crazy thing is. I never turn my notifications off when I preach. So if you ever text me, I'll see it on my computer. And I just got a text from a student that graduated last year saying that that she just got involved in a college ministry where she goes to school. And she's taking her next step. What's yours? What's your next step this morning in your faith? But God, this morning, God, we are so thankful that you are a God that provides. You are Jehovah Jireh. And God, even as this morning, we go back to our homes, we we go out to lunch, whatever it is, God, I pray, God, that each one of us just live in just a thankfulness for what you've provided in our lives. God, because you are Jehovah Jireh. And I pray as, as we continue to, to walk out our faith day after day. God, I pray we step into your plans that you have for us. God, whatever that might look like, God, whatever the next step is, I pray each one of us take that step. And God, I pray that day after day, God, you break our heart for what breaks yours. God, for lost people, for hurting people. And God, I pray that that just like our students are doing, God, I pray each one of us make a decision that we're going to make a difference. God, even even the statement we said at the beginning, I'm ready to make a difference because Jesus has made me different. God, I pray that's something we hold on to as we walk out of the doors this morning. Because, God, you have called us to make a difference. And all it takes is for us to use what you've given us. Jehovah Jireh. God, we love you and thank you for how you spoke this morning.